Welcome back. Episode three. Dream Team Fantasy. Alongside Tyler Syracuse. I'm Nick Morrow. What up, Tyler? What's going on, everyone? All right, so let's get into it. Um, a bunch of headlines to talk about today. Um, let's start with some holdouts. Michael Thomas signs a five-year, $100 million contract, 60 mil guaranteed. So he's out of the holdout extravaganza here. Um, highest paid wide receiver now. I mean, overpaid. Do you think uh, he's, how old is he? I think he's 20, 24, 25. And I think he's been in for what, two or three years. I think he's well-deserved contract though. He's been one of the best receivers since he's entered the league. I think it's been three years he's been in the league now. And uh, obviously Drew Brees is number one weapon. Uh, setting all sorts of records for catch rate. I know halfway into the season, he had like a 95% catch rate last year, which was just insane. He's got great hands. He gets open. And uh, like we said, we weren't too worried about the wide receivers holding out. I'm not, I wasn't worried about Michael Thomas, not worried about Julio Jones. So uh, it's just, it's, it's hard to find guys like those. And the franchise is definitely going to want to get those guys paid. Absolutely. Um, another holdout, Zeke, still in Mexico. Um, you know, Jerry Jones says you don't need a rushing title leader to win a Super Bowl yet. I think I read the other day that his three Super Bowls that he did win, Emmett was the rushing title leader. <laughs> so, I mean, there's still two years left on his contract. What do you, what do you think is going to happen with this? You think their Cowboys are going to give in? Do you think Zeke's just going to come back? Gonna, is he just going to miss all of off season and then come back week one? Yeah, I think he's going to miss most of the training camp. And then I think he'll be back for week one. I think he's the identity of that team. They uh, they give him the ball 20, 25 times a game. They use their fourth overall pick on him. So obviously they think he's an important guy. Um, they must not use analytics too much because running backs – not really a position of value and you, it's kind of hard to pay your running backs because then you don't have money to pay your franchise quarterback and pass rushers and lockdown corners. So personally, I don't think they should pay him, but I think that they will. Um, they got to pay Dak and Amari Cooper too. So right. we'll see what happens with that. And the last one of importance, Melvin Gordon, I'm actually worried about this one. Um, you know, Philip Rivers tweets that they're deep at the running back position. Um, he also made comments last year when Le'Veon Bell was holding out that the running backs need to take a stand. And that kind of worries me. Um, I know that I'm probably not taking him first round if I have first pick or first round, you know, my first round pick. What do you think? Yeah, it's starting to concern me a little bit as well. Uh, I know Adam Schefter tweeted out too that, his holdout can go into the midseason, which obviously would just kill his fantasy value. And I think they got some guys there in Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson that could kind of carry the load halfway through the season. And the Chargers will see how they do without them and then uh, maybe bring them back. Um, he is going to be getting fined each day that he misses training camp. So the fines are definitely going to pile up and he's going to owe a lot of money. And I know I read that the sides are too really far apart. So it's, it's definitely going to be a situation to monitor throughout the off season. Yeah. I think that's a tough one. I, it just seems that, you know, everyone's following this like Khalil Mack, um, Aaron Darnold formula where they're holding out to be the highest played player player at their position. 
I just, I mean, it's probably going to continue for, you know, years to come because happened today. Michael Thomas holds out. He gets paid. Highest paid wide receiver. Someone's going to try and top that. So, And I think both sides are right for running backs because running backs should try to hold out to try to get their money because their shelf life is so, such a small window. You know, most running backs don't make it past 30 and unless you're Frank Gore is, looks like he's going to play until he's like 55. <laughs> <laughs> I heard on the radio too, because obviously Buffalo is the local team here, that he's looking better than ever. I don't know how. <laughs> hey, I don't get it either. <laughs> he never gets injured and he just, he gets four yards every time and he's pretty durable. Yep. But um, yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that the running back should get paid if you're the GM, but at the same time, the running back should try to get their money before they kind of approach their upper 20s because that'll be their last chance to get that contract. So I think both sides are kind of right, and um, it's just up to the GM whether or not they want to dish out that money to, to pay for a running back, which isn't an important position to pay, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out. Um, all right, so on to injury update. AJ Green, he had ankle surgery. Um, I heard it's a grade two tear, six to eight weeks. Um, he's 31 years old. Uh, he's currently going sixth round, I believe, with his ADP. I'm not comfortable with that. I was really high on him actually at the beginning of the season. I really liked where he was going. I think he was a bargain. And now that this injury worries me, I mean, Cincinnati worries me, their whole team. Um, Eifer, Ross can never stay healthy as well. Um, I mean, if you were to take a shot at Green, what's what's your comfortable ADP with him? At this point, I think he's on the DND list, do not draft. Yeah. Uh, as you said, he's 31. He's had multiple problems with his foot and his ankle. I just don't think uh, he's going to stay healthy f- for the season. If he tries to rush and come back too early, it's going to be something that's bothering him throughout the season. And then if he takes his time getting back, he might not make it back till week five, week six. So at this point, I think he's still going way too high in drafts. At this point, I'm just totally avoiding A.J. Green. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the AFC West today. Uh, Denver, Kansas City, Oakland, Chargers. I actually wanted to ask you a question because I saw this on a tweet. Someone tweeted out. Last year, there was someone put a stat up for end zone targets. AB led the league with 23. Hopkins was 18. Ebron was 18. That's going to digress. Uh, Adams was 17. And then three people were tied at 16. It was Mike Evans, OBJ, and some other player from the AFC West. If you had to guess, who do you think it was? Mike Williams? No. It was actually Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton. Wow. <laughs> I know that was just crazy. I <laughs> and mean, he never really had a big game either. No, never. But he was, you know, he was tied with Evans and OBJ for red zone targets. Wow. Yeah, that's a good step. So that's crazy. All right. So let's get into it. Um, we'll start with Denver, actually. Why not? So they bring in Flacco. Um, quarterback strength of schedule. I looked up. They're ranked as 25th. Um, and then during the playoff weeks, 14th through 16th, uh, they're 22nd. So they got a really tough schedule. Um, I actually like their team just in general, depending on how Sanders is coming back from, you know, a tough injury with the Achilles, um, Deshaun, you know, Deshaun Hamilton, Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, 
Booker and their defense is, you know, they're going to have a good D, I think. Um, what are you what are you targeting for Denver, if anything? Uh, I think one thing to monitor is uh, Chris Harris for their defense. He's coming off a fractured leg, and I know there were some contract disputes there. He's been the top slot corner in the league the past three or four years. So if they lose him, that would be a big deal. Um, it is interesting you like them offensively, though, because they're a team that they don't really have many guys that are that are going high in drafts. I know Flacco's QB 30, Lindsey's running back 23, Royce Freeman's RB 37, and then they have three receivers who are uh, Cortland Sutton's going the highest at 42, Sanders at 57, Hamilton 63, Noah Fant 23. So no one in general is high on their offense, so you could definitely get a buy low if you think they're going to have a good year. I'm not too high on Joe Flacco or the rest of the guys that they have there. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is over 30 years old, and like you said, he's coming off an Achilles tear. I know he's looked good uh, running in practice, and he's posting videos on Instagram and Twitter, but it's a little bit different when you have to worry about defenders and and you're getting hit. Um, I'm not too high on Cortland Sutton. I'm surprised, very surprised by that stat you had. (laughs) Me too. Uh, He never really... He never really broke out. I don't. I don't think he's really ready to make that leap yet. He was a younger guy coming out of college, and uh, I think he's still got a lot to learn. And he definitely struggles with the press man coverage because he's kind of a a taller, slower guy who kind of relies on his contested catch. Uh, the the Broncos over under was seven and a half. The under was minus one sixty five. I know you mentioned their strength of schedule, so I think that's the main reason people are betting the under. They have a real tough schedule. They play in a pretty good division. Um, it would be a no bet for me, but in general, I'm a team that I'm not that high on. I don't know why, but I, I kind of like, I just, I mean, it's Flacco. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Um, you know, it, it's, it's in a good system for him, I think. The offensive line's decent. They got, you know, two good running backs. I like Sanders if he's healthy. Um Sutton and Hamilton are okay wide receivers. I wouldn't I wouldn't draft any of them fantasy wise. And then they went out and, you know, drafted Noah Fant, which is a nice tight end. Um, I just like them for maybe just a football aspect. Like yeah. I like the over. I like the over seven wins for them. Um, they are in a very tough division. I just I got a feeling that, you know, their defense, Denver's a tough pit place to play. And I just think, you know, I actually, on my site, I had over under seven. So that half point, without that half point, I like that a lot better than the seven and a half. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so if you can get it at seven, I definitely like the over. Um, minus 103 I had it at. So, but yeah, it. I mean, not a very good fantasy team wise. Um, I think the one area where there's some value with the Broncos is with the running backs, uh, Lindsay at 23 and Freeman at 37. I think they're going to be a ground and pound team. I think they're going to, try to rely on their running backs to try to move the ball. Uh, Flacco's going to play don't turn the ball over football, and they're going to rely on that defense in the running game. And I think Freeman can really break out in his in his second season. I know Lindsey was awesome last year, but he's a small guy, and if he were to go down, Freeman going at RB37 would be a tremendous value. Yeah, I agree with that as well. All right, let's move on to um, let's go to the Chargers here. They finished tied for first in the division last year. Um, Kansas City had the tiebreaker. Um, let's see. 
Rivers. We just talked about Melvin Gordon holding out. I like Eckler. I'm not. We talked about before. I'm not drafting Melvin Gordon in the first round. I like Eckler. He catches the ball better than Gordon, especially in a PPR league. If you're in one, I think you can get him. It depends on when your draft is. If it's sooner than later, you probably get him at a good bargain. I don't know what his current ADP is at right now. Eckler's at 32. 32. Okay, so mm, it's not bad. Uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, a wide receiver. And someone I'm not really hearing a lot about is Hunter Henry at tight end. I mean, when that guy was on the field and healthy, he was a stud. No Antonio Gates now anymore. He's retired. I, I I think Philip Rivers is going to look his way. I think he's going to be – I'm not huge on Keenan Allen. I, I would probably, if I had to pick a receiver out of this bunch, receiver tight end, I'd, I'd like Henry out of the three. Yeah, it's interesting. Rivers is going as QB 18, and he's been a really consistent guy over the past decade, and he's pretty much always in the top 12. I just think, as we've talked about on – it feels like every podcast, the quarterback is such a deep position – that it kind of drops the the rivers and the breezes and the Roethlisberger's all down a couple spots because people are tending to take the rushing quarterbacks like Josh Allen, Trubisky, and Lamar Jackson over the the peer passers like Phillip Rivers. Uh, you could pretty much bank on him being out there for 16 games. He, he never misses a game, and he's got some good weapons. The one guy I would avoid would be Mike Williams. He's going as wide receiver 22. I know he had, I think it was 10 touchdowns last year. And he was a guy that really didn't get a lot of targets. And in the past, the Chargers have been a team where Phillip Rivers really doesn't target the second wide receiver that often. I know Keenan Allen's the big guy there, and then they're a team that uses the tight end and the running back a lot. So historically speaking, they're they're really not a team, and Rivers isn't the type of quarterback that likes to target that second receiver. I think at... Wide receiver 22, Mike Williams is going way too early in drafts. Yeah, I would agree. And actually, Rivers' strength of schedule here, ranked 21st, which is not that good. But during the playoffs, for fantasy playoffs, he actually has the easiest schedule as far as a quarterback. So that might be something to think about. We keep telling you to hang out, drafting a quarterback. Quarterback position is super deep. I mean, you get Phillip Rivers you know, as your QB one late in the draft, that's an absolute steal. You'll be sitting good. Yeah. And he's got some good weapons around him. Um, as much as I wouldn't draft Mike, he's a good guy to have in the red zone. And then Hunter Henry's a, a clear tight end, uh, breakout candidate this year. He's going as the fifth tight end off the board. He's, uh, obviously after the big three and then the only other guy drafting above him right now is OJ Howard. And, uh, I think Hunter Henry can pay off that price tag. I think he's going to be the main uh, red zone target. And assuming Keenan Allen gets double targeted or double covered, Hunter Henry should be able to get open quite a bit. Looks like uh, Pettis for Sam Fran's going after Henry. Let's say you don't have a tight end going into your pick here and it gets to this ADP. Do you like Pettis over Henry or do you still like Henry as far as you know, a PPR league. Pettis is, I mean, I'm really high on Pettis, so that's probably not the best example, but I would draft Hunter Henry over a bunch of guys like uh, Corey, got, Corey yeah, Davis. and He's got Alshon after him, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, Al I'd take Al him over Robertson, Robbie Anderson. Kirk, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I like Hunter Henry a lot as well. So let's go on to the... Real quick, the Chargers over-under was nine and a half that I had from bookiemarket.com. The over was minus 160. So people think they're going to win 10 games or more. I know we've mentioned previously that they play in a soccer stadium, so they don't get too much of a home field advantage. They still have the concern with Melvin Gordon. Their offensive line really isn't that good. Phillip Rivers is aging. I mean, they have a really, really good defense. I think their defense is going to be top top three, top four, no problem. They have a ton of young talent. They're, they could rush the passer with Bosa. They got a couple of lockdown corners with Casey Hayward. And um, they signed the safety. Um, can't think of his name right now, but really good defense. Uh, Derwin James. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's I an like animal. Him. Yeah. So from I think he was from uh, FSU. Yeah. Stud. Yeah. Um, yeah, the nine and a half, that half point. I mean, Vegas knows what they're doing. The half point gets me, scares me. Um, if it, if you could get it at nine, I might take the over on that. But, yeah, I, I could see him winning nine, ten games. Yep, same here. I could see nine or ten, so they're a no bet for me. Same. Um, all right, let's go to Oakland. Hard Knocks, Hard Knocks team coming up this season – Every year when the Hard Knocks team, come when it comes to fantasy time, everyone's hyped on them. All their ADPs are going to rise. All their ADPs are going to rise as soon as Hard Knocks releases. Everyone's going to be all hyped on Derek Carr and Antonio Brown and all them. So right now, um, I mean, I don't know what, what they're going to look like, truthfully. Um, I like Josh Jacobs. Running back, you know, Gruden told Jacobs he expects him to win rookie of the year, which I like that. But then on the other hand, I see that they're still bringing in running backs to try out. And I'm just wondering if that's just, I'm hoping it's just like, you know, competition. Gruden's building some competition, some motivation in camp. And they're not, they, they don't trust Josh Jacobs, but they drafted him first in first round for a reason. Um, your thoughts on him? Yeah, actually, it's weird because I'm not very high on the Raiders in general, but for fantasy, I really like them. I know they were a team that I took the under a couple months ago when the when the lines first came out. I got under 6.5, and that was at even odds. Now the under is minus 175, so people are hammering the under on the Raiders, but I really like Josh Jacobs at RB20 for fantasy. I think he is going to be the three-down workhorse that – that you all like to look for in a fantasy running back. I don't really think he has much competition there. Marshawn Lynch isn't there. Jalen Richard is there. You know, it's like Jalen Richard is a good pass catching back, but I think Josh Jacobs is going to be the guy and they're going to feed him the rock. He's going to be getting 20 touches a game. They bolstered their offensive line. They, they signed uh, Richie incognito <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then Antonio Brown wide receiver eight. I think that's a pretty clear value for him. He's definitely a candidate to lead the league in targets. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does with Derek Carr. And he's been with Roethlisberger for his whole career. He's never caught a touchdown pass from anyone besides Roethlisberger. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he does this year. I mean, obviously he's an elite wide receiver. I mean, for a while he was you know the number one pick in fantasy for a very long time. So. Getting him end of the first, beginning of the second round, you know, sometimes even middle of the second round is, I think, true value for him. Um, 
I think he's a guy that could definitely be top three, top five at the position, and he's going as wide receiver eight. And I may be a little biased towards Antonio Brown because he's probably the receiver I've invested in the most over the past five years, uh, especially playing DraftKings and FanDuel in the daily leagues. Pretty much any time the Steelers were at home playing at Heinz Field, I would lock in that duo of Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, and they would just put up fireworks. Um, so I may be a little biased, even though uh, Antonio's kind of lost a lot of fans with the way he's been acting the last year. So um, clearly he's pretty selfish. I think that's part of the reason why he left Pittsburgh. But I think they they paid him the money, so they're going to try to do what they have to do to make him happy. They're going to target him 10, 15 times a game. I think so too. And just back to uh, Jacobs real quick. He runs hard. I think he can catch the ball too. And I think the Raiders are going to be playing from behind probably for yeah. most of the games. Their defense is still going to be really bad. Yeah, it's going to be bad. They're going to be giving up points. So Carr's going to be chucking it all over the field. And I think that, I think AB's is going to lead the league in targets. He's going to be heavily targeted. You know, we all know how he is where he just wants the ball every single play. And I think Josh Jacobs is going to be that kind of person, too. He's going to get those dump-down passes from Carr. He's going to be the three-down back. He's going to get the goal line carries. So I think getting him at the end of the third round is is a great, great value, especially if you don't get a running back with your first two picks, depending on where you are in the draft. I think that's a great RB1 to have. Honestly, it kind of reminds me of the Steelers of a couple of years ago when all it was was Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown every single play. Yep. And it's just, I think that's what Josh Jacobs and Antonio Brown could be. And I really like where they're going in drafts because they're really not being picked too high. The other guy I wanted to mention was Tyrell Williams. He's going as wide receiver 52. He just got a new contract. I know Derek Carr doesn't like to throw the ball deep, but I think, um, I think Tyrell's underrated player. And he's definitely more of a best ball guy because he's going to have those 70, 80 yard touchdowns. And then he's going to come back and, get three targets and he might go catchless. But if you're playing a best ball league, he's kind of a guy that I'd, I like to target in the later rounds. Okay. Um, yeah, Derek's car, Derek Carr's uh, quarterback strength of schedule is actually ranked 32nd, so not good. Um, and weeks of the playoffs, he's 28th. So for fantasy, I'm probably going to stay away from Derek Carr. Not going to be a quarterback that I'm going to target. Probably not even for a backup, maybe backup, depending on who my number one is. But yeah, I like uh, I like Jacobs and AB. So their over-under we talked about was six. Um, you like the under on that one? So I got six and a half okay. uh, a couple months ago. Six is a little bit different. Uh, I think they could win, you know, between five and seven games. I think, I think their defense is going to be really bad. So I don't think they're going to be a very good team. They play in a tough division. But with that offensive line, and if Derek Carr is healthy, I know he's playing with a back fracture last year, I think they could be a team that, that maybe surprises people. I know I'm, I'm not that high on them, but I, I would stay away from six. Um, I felt pretty good about the six and a half, though, so that, that half point always makes a big difference. Always. Okay. So let's move on to, you know, one of the most explosive teams and probably one of the most wanted players in fantasy with Kansas City. Uh, they won the division last year. Patrick Mahomes wins MVP. Um, they lose Kareem Hunt. Uh, 
Tyreek Hill doesn't get suspended, so he's going to play all season, although he did have a quad injury in practice the other day. Um, who knows what that's going to be like. Travis Kelsey's by far the best tight end on the board this season. Aside from, you know, Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes, um, do you like Damian Williams or Carlos Hyde for a running back if you're targeting Kansas City players, if you can't get your hands on Mahomes or Tyreek or Kelsey? So I think the Chiefs are, are a good team to point out where running back really doesn't matter that much. I mean, Kareem Hunt was a total stud for them, and uh, he was tearing up the league. He was scoring two, three touchdowns a game. He was uh, probably a top five running back. They kick him off the team. They don't lose a beat. I mean, Damian Williams has been a, a journeyman throughout his career. He's been third, fourth string running back, and the guy was unbelievable when they thrust him in the in the Kareem Hunt role. Um, Mahomes is clearly the quarterback one in my opinion and then Kelsey is clearly the tight end one so you're not getting too much value with any of the Chiefs players I mean they averaged over 35 points a game last year so they're extremely explosive I honestly think they could get better I don't think there's any reason that they're not going to average 35 points again uh, if Sammy Watkins stays healthy I think I think that'd be big for them because they have Tyree Kill Travis Kelsey and then um, I know they drafted uh, Mikol Hardman. So health is the big concern because Damian Williams is a smaller back. Tyree Kill is a smaller receiver. And uh, Sammy Watkins has definitely had his issues staying healthy as well. I, uh, it's hard for me. I want to draft Kansas City players. I do. But they're just, their ADP is so high because everyone's so on them. And, you know, Tyreek's going first round early second you got Damian Williams going middle of second you got Kelsey going first round beginning of the second middle of second and then you got Mahomes going end of the second early third so there's literally their team right there gone there's no discounts with the Kansas City Chiefs I know in a lot of drafts last year I was getting Mahomes in the ninth tenth round this year he's going in the second third yeah it's it's hard for me to picture myself having a Chief once again, it depends on how the draft falls to me. Um, I don't think I'm going to be reaching for Mahomes. I'm not going to take a quarterback in the third or second round. Fourth round, if by some miracle he fell to me, I think I'd be comfortable taking Mahomes in the fourth. Um, Kelsey, I would take Kelsey early second as my second pick. Um, and Damian Williams, I'm not very high on Damian Williams. I, he doesn't do it for me. There's a... M- much better value I'd rather have. I'd rather have Dalvin Cook. I'd rather have Aaron Jones. I'd rather have Marlon Mack and probably even on Johnson, truthfully. Um, you know, with the news that Riddick's gone now, on Johnson's going to be the three-down back there in Detroit. So. Yeah, so it sounds like you you wouldn't take any Damian Williams? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I've kind of been on the fence with him. His current ADP is RB10, but it's seems like it's dropping now because I know he tweaked his hamstring and he hasn't been practicing in the last couple of days. And he's never he's never shown us that he can handle a full season workload and he's a smaller guy. Uh, I think if he if he stays healthy, if he plays 16 games, I think he would def- for sure be a top 10 tight end. I just It's just hard to trust because he's never done it before. Yeah, no, he hasn't. Um, so they're over under, I saw a 10 and a half the other day. Um, under was minus 127, over was plus 105. 
It's a tough one. I could see him winning 10 games. I could see him winning 11 games, 12 games again like last year. So um, what do you think? I Probably no bet for me. Um, you probably. So they were a team that I bet on a couple of months ago as well when their over-under was at 10. So it just goes to show that it's really important to bet these lines when you can get the best number. And I think your number one goal when you're making these bets is to beat the opening line that Vegas puts out there. Because if you're beating that opening line, then, and it moves the other direction, that means you're on the right side. I think if you could do that, you're going to be a winning better in the long run. Um, yeah. So they're minus minus one fifty to win the division. I don't, I don't feel great about that because the chargers I think could, definitely win more games than them. And I think the Chargers match up really well with them. So when they play against each other, that I think that kind of favors the Chargers. Um, but yeah, if, if if you could get over 10, I would take that. 10 and a half would probably be a, a stay away. But I do think they're a good bet for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl bet? I'm not, I'm not, I don't like, I actually don't like them for a Super Bowl bet. I don't really like them for the division bet either. Um, I have Chargers plus 200. And honestly, I'm going to go back to Denver. I don't know why, but if I were to throw 50, 100 bucks, I would throw it on Denver to maybe take the division. Just at, a hunch on Denver, huh? I don't know why. <laughs> Just plus 1,400. You throw 50, yeah. 100 bucks on it. I mean, I, I like them. I just think their defense is going to be good. Um, like I said, it's hard to play in... Um, Denver and Flacco is has he's won a Super Bowl. I mean, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. And whether you hate him or not, fantasy aside, um, you know he finds a way to win games. So it seems hard to believe that Eli Manning is a two time Super Bowl champion and Joe Flacco's won a Super Bowl. And I fucking hate Eli. <laughs> <laughs> the Giants are going to be bad, but I think that I think the Chiefs are a good Super Bowl bet for the fact that they they just can't be stopped. I mean, they can hang 50 on anybody. Yeah. I think I think it's important for them to get home field advantage cuz I don't think they're a team that's going to go to Foxborough and win. But I think they could easily beat any team in the league. You just you just can't stop them. They have too much speed, they have too many weapons. They have a good offensive line and they have a generational quarterback. Agree. Um all right, so tomorrow starts football Hall of Fame game. Um, Denver, Atlanta, FanDuel finally drops the prices for the NFL season. Um, you gonna play any FanDuel or DraftKings tomorrow? So FanDuel dropped the prices just for the Hall of Fame game. The DraftKings actually has their pricing out for Week One, so I've been looking at the pricing for DraftKings, and I kind of wanted to talk about my initial reactions to each of the positions and. Um, the the value picks that I think I see so far. Yeah, start at the start at the QB position. Yeah, so for QBs, uh, there's going to be a potential shootout in Week One between the Bucks and the Niners. I think both these teams are going to be pass heavy, and they're they're going to be teams that that go up tempo. And then at the same time, both teams have bad defenses. So Jameis Winston was sixty six hundred. I think he was priced as the third most expensive quarterback. So. DraftKings is is uh is on to that one. Mm -hmm. Uh Jimmy G 5800. I think he's a pretty clear value at that price tag. Uh, as I said it I think it's going to be a shootout. I think they're they're going to be going back and forth 
and both guys have a chance at four or five touchdowns. A couple other guys I want to talk about were Kyler Murray, 5,600, home against the Lions. Uh, Cardinals are another one of those teams that are going to run way more plays than they did last year. I know they were a, a really slow tempo offense last year, and they hired Cliff Kingsbury, who wants to play up tempo, and now he has the quarterback and the weapons to do so. And the last one was Kirk Cousins, 5,500, home against the Falcons. I just think it's a good matchup, and it's in a dome. The Falcons really don't have good cornerback and safety play besides uh, Desmond Trufant, and the Vikings have awesome wide receivers in Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Let's try and build the lineup. Who who do you like at QB the most? Let's see if we can build a week one lineup here. So for quarterback, I tend to... to um, gravitate towards the guys that are cheaper so I could pay up at other positions. So let's go with uh, Kyler Murray, 5,600. Okay. Let's put him in there. All right. Then let's go to RB here. Um, who are your guys you're targeting at running back? Yeah. So running back will be interesting because there's going to be some obvious value plays if, if um, Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon sit out. And then you could really just play their backups and, and they're going to be uh, at a cheaper price tag when they're getting starting uh, volume for, for a running back. A couple other guys I liked were Leonard Fournette, uh, 6,100. They're home against the Chiefs defense who ranked 31st in the league last year. So they're extremely bad against the run. They're they're bad against the run and the pass. But I think the Jaguars are clearly going to be a team that, that wants to uh, pound Leonard Fournette. He's third third in touches and um, third in rushes per game over the last two seasons. Another guy I want to talk about, Dalvin Cook. I think the Vikings are, are going to look at him as a workhorse. He's $6,000 facing the Falcons' 32nd ranked rush defense, so worst in the league at giving up fantasy points to opposing running backs. Devontae Freeman on the other side, I think, is a clear value at 5300 I was shocked when I saw the price for him. I know he's dealt with a couple injuries the last couple seasons, but if he stays healthy, they don't really have much behind him. It's just Ito Smith, and I think he could uh, pay off that price tag in a big way in week one. The last guy was Jordan Howard, 4200 He's home against the Redskins. They were 25th against the run, so... And, I mean, the Eagles are going to be favored by 10 points. So one thing I like to look forward with my running backs is a home favorite, and Jordan Howard fits that criteria. I'm not huge on Jordan Howard. Um, They have too many running backs, you know, and I think they're kind of like the Patriots. You just never know who's really going to get the ball. Um, Miles Sanders, Darren Sproles, Corey Clement, you you never know who's going to get the ball there. But I do like – the Delvin Cook value there at 6000 against Atlanta. I, I'm high on Delvin Cook this year. Really like him. Like the Vikings offensive line. When he was back last year, when he came back at, towards the end of the season last year, he, he ran that offense. Um, Thielen and Diggs' numbers kind of dropped. Diggs was better than Thielen towards the end of the year. But I, I do like Delvin Cook there at $6,000. Um, let us see. So we got Kyle Murray, Delvin Cook, who's another one who could Put there in a running back. I'd go Fournette at sixty one hundred. Yeah, I like that one too. I think Fournette's as long as he's healthy. It's a it's gonna... a close point spread, and 
if it stays close, Fournette's going to get the ball 20 times and he should be able to shred the 31st ranked rush defense. Okay. Uh, on to wide receiver. Wide receiver, I'm going with a bunch of younger wide receivers who have <clears throat> the potential to break out this season. The first one being Kenny Galladay at the Cardinals. We got to remember that Patrick Peterson is suspended for the first half of the season, and they really don't have much cornerback talent behind him. Kenny Galladay should be able to have his way with anyone against that team, and he's going to be the clear wide receiver one there with um, Golden Tate gone this year. Another one, Chris Godwin, 6,200, home against the 49ers. Uh, I think he's an obvious breakout candidate as well. He should be being drafted in the top 20 at the wide receiver position. Dante Dante Pettis, another guy we mentioned, 5,400. They're playing at Tampa Bay. I just think Jimmy G's going to lock in on him, and Pettis is going to be able to get open a lot. Another second-year wide receiver, Christian Kirk, 4,700, home against the Lions. We already talked about that game a lot. I think there's potential for a shootout. Both teams are going to look to push the pace, and I think Christian Kirk has potential to really break out with Kyler Murray this year. The last one, Curtis Samuel. I think he's a second-year player as well. It's weird. Um, All these guys seem to be second- or third-year players. And I think that's reflected in their prices why they're a little bit cheaper. But he's 4,200 home against the Rams. I just think he's going to get more opportunities this year with Devin Funchess gone. I think he's going to be on the field. He's going to be a full-time player. And and I think he could definitely pay off that price tag at just 4,200. I'm actually looking at this. And a couple of guys I do like are Cooks, Woods, and Cooper Cup. I think that... <coughs> I think that everyone is down on them because of what happened in the Super Bowl. So I think they're going to go into week one low owned. And if they, you know, put up the stats that they were doing all season, I think it's going to hit value with the fact that not a lot of people are going to be on them. And they're not that. I mean, Cooper Cup's 5,700. Woods is 6,400 and Cooks is 6,500. So I would definitely like to get some of the Rams wide receivers uh, week one, just for the sole fact that I think they're going to be low owned. Yeah, and I think it's a good point. They're usually low owned because there's three guys there and it's hard to distinguish which one you should take. I did read something on Twitter today that said Sean McVay said that Cooper Cup has looked um, more explosive than he ever has before. And that's obviously important to consider coming off the ACL tear that he had last season. All right, so let's let's pick some wide receivers here. Um, who's your first choice? So I would go with Godwin and Pettis because that's really a game that I want to target, and it's good to have wide receivers on opposing teams because if it gets into a shootout, they could be going back and forth with each other, and they they could be getting a lot of yards and garbage time as well. Okay, let's put uh, let's put Cooper Cup in there at fifty seven hundred. One of Goff's favorite targets, and I just think that getting some of that Rams offense week one could pay off with the fact that they're going to put up some points against Carolina, and um, they're going to be low-owned. So, all right, tight end position. Tight end, I'm going to go back to another guy in that Niners-Bucks game, George Kittle. So if you want to play a double stack, you could go with Jimmy G, 5,800. 
Dante Pettis, 5,400. George Kittle, 6,600. Hope you soak up all the volume there, get all three, four touchdowns, and that would pay off pretty big for you. Hunter Henry is another one that I think he just has a tremendous price tag for week one. He's only 3,900. And they're going up against Indy's 27th ranked tight end defense. And lastly, David Njoku, 3,700. Home against the Titans. I just think he's going to get a lot of red zone looks this season. And I think the Browns are going to beat the piss out of the Titans week one. And if they do, Njoku should have plenty of opportunities to to score touchdowns. Yeah, and they're starting to work him down the seam in the middle. And I think that's really going to benefit him um, just running down the middle of the field with his size and speed. So let's put uh, Njoku in there at tight end. Uh, Flex spot, going back to obviously everyone we just talked about. We're at average remaining, we're at 5,600. For a flex and a defense? Yeah. Okay. So those are two spots we have left, flex and defense. So we can start with defense if you want and then fill in the flex. Um, Yeah, let's start with defense. So the top spot is Eagles. uh, Home against Washington at 3,600. And Cowboys, Browns, Vikings, Rams, Jets, Seahawks. Yeah, the Eagles were one of the defenses I liked for obvious reasons. They're playing against a Redskins team that really isn't going to be good this year. They don't have a good offensive line. They don't, they have quarterback questions. They don't have much talent at the wide receiver position. You'd have to pay up to, to go with Philly and their defense position is another position that I like to pay down at. So in the middle tier, I kind of like the chargers at 3000. They're home against Indy. I know Andrew Luck is, is good, but he does turn the ball over quite a bit. And then at the bottom, I like uh, Jacksonville Jaguars actually home against the Chiefs. Wow. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm really high on Mahomes. I'm really high on the Chiefs. And even if they score 30 points, all you really need is turnovers, sacks, and chances for touchdowns when you're picking your fantasy defense. And I think the Jaguars will be able to generate a lot of pressure. And Mahomes definitely makes his mistakes too. I know he's going to put up gaudy fantasy numbers, but... He'll, he'll definitely throw an interception or two. So um, why don't you put in the Jaguars, and we'll see what we got left for a flex. Okay, so Jags going in, 2,300. That leaves us with 9,000 for a flex. So pretty much anyone. Uh, the only one we can't afford is Zeke. So everyone's open on the board for our flex spot. I mean, go Barkley, um, McCaffrey, Beckham, Julio, Mike Evans, Tyreek. I'd probably go McCaffrey. Usually I like to use a running back in the flex. Um, and I'm higher on him than I am Saquon at this point. I just think that the Giants have so many questions. Golden Tate got suspended. I know Sterling Shepard's dealing with a broken thumb. I think the Panthers have more weapons. And um, opposing defenses are really going to hone in on stopping Saquon. I know he's still going to get his volume. But McCaffrey going up, going up against the Rams and considering we already took Cooper Cup in the lineup, I think we should go with McCaffrey. I like it. So we got Kyler Murray, QB, Delvin Cook, Fournette at running back, Godwin, Pettis, and Cup at wide receiver, Njoku at tight end, McCaffrey at the flex, and Jags D with still 200 remaining salary, which I like. I always like leaving a little extra salary because I feel like some people just try and use the whole salary, and then there's you're too many of the same lineups yeah that's a good point you want to leave some money on the table to differentiate your lineup you never want to have the same lineup as someone else because that defeats the purpose of a of a top heavy prize pool so 
it's important to leave some money on the table sometimes. Awesome. So that does it for us. Um, Tyler, tell them where they can find you. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Tyler Syracuse. Syracuse spelled S-I-R-A-C-U-S-E. Pronounced just like the city, but with a I instead of a Y. Um, I am going to start a fantasy football league. We're going to kind of have some friendly competition between me and Nick. We're going to be in a 12-team half PPR league. Uh, we only got two or three spots left. So if any of you guys are looking for a league, hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'd be more than happy to allow a couple of you into the league and we could kind of go back and forth and, and talk shit on the pod. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, all right. Uh, Instagram. Instagram's Tyler Syracuse as well. So same okay. thing. All right. Uh, Twitter, you can find me on NPM underscore 87. And my Instagram is Nick Morrow and Monroe 22. So follow us, um, subscribe to the channel. Thank you for listening. Uh, appreciate it. And we're out. <laughs>